This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt leads our discussion about the believer's suffering in this life and how it plays a vital role in our spiritual growth. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keenel once again in the Planted Podcast. How are you doing today, Thad? I'm doing good. Here we are in another week, and I just really look forward to these times to get together and uh, talk about the the prayer like we were doing uh, last time. And, you know, I did a little confession in that last session about my, my prayer and where I fall short. And I think um, what was really neat is in the moment I asked you to kind of plug into me on that. And mm-hmm. you, you absolutely did. And I've been thinking about it and meditating on it. And so I think that just demonstrates why it's important to get together with like-minded people and with believers in small group settings and all of the above. Right. Yeah, we we really do need each other within the body of Christ and that the you know the iron sharpening iron element um that the scriptures talk about. And you can say, well that applies can apply to anything, but especially within the church when we're dealing with ourselves as fallen people. And I've talked. I talk about the old man and the new man, right? And so they have this new man who's growing up in Christ, and that's what this whole spiritual formation season is about. And in some ways, as I've been thinking about our podcast, I'm like, gosh, our whole podcast, I'm hopefully, is a spiritual formation podcast. But we've been really trying to dive in directly and, and talk about this and some of the things that help aid in that, in the process of that, and really what we're doing is forming this new pain, this new creation in us that that is indwelt by the Spirit and living. And we're going to be talking about being indwelt by the Spirit some today. But if I think I can do that with just me and the Spirit, I don't really understand who I am in a new creation because as a new creation, I'm a new creation that is part of a body, a part. Uh, I'm I'm one part of a bigger part. And to really be conformed to the image of Christ, um, I need to be in community because it's the community together that really um, images Christ now more than just me by myself, yeah, right? right? And so when we have that time, we do that. And so as I talk about um, the need, we talk about the need for biblical truth to help start that, but then as I start applying that in, in the life and in the world of worship and witness, as I, as I live to love God and love others and, and reveal that uh, to the glory of God, uh, that I don't always understand that as I try to bear that fruit, I have a distorted view of whether I'm doing good or, or not good, or sometimes a, maybe a limited view. And so I have others who come alongside of me and help me with that. And even even as we work to read and meditate on and interpret the scriptures, um, the body of Christ helps us do that, right? And so even as we have these conversations, we're learning in our conversation. I don't have it all figured out before I before I enter it. Uh, into this time before I sit before this microphone. And even when I leave, I don't have it all figured out. Hopefully more so uh, we do together, but that's part of that formation process, right? That, that yeah. We're going yeah. I, I hadn't planned on bringing that topic up and I just felt convicted at the time. So mm-hmm. it was certain, certainly something that the Holy spirit placed upon my heart. And I, um, I'm like, well, what better time to bring this up? Because 
the podcast is to help each other. And right. so other people may be experiencing something like that. Not that it has to be the same, but in the same vein of, you know, the shortcomings. And that's what the spiritual growth is all about. So, so it's a, it's a really neat uh, thing. And so just, again, I, I think that we've been encouraging people all along yeah. to get into some type of small group outside of just going to church, because the, the, the hour, hour and 20 minutes that you spend, you know, in the church and the worship session and hearing the word, it's, it's excellent. It really is, but you can't, you can't ask questions. It's not, it's not as free form to do that. And, and uh, so that's why the small groups and even accountability partners and and the like are so important. It is. And and hopefully when you have those times that they, you also then can turn those into times of prayer, right? And you have someone to pray with. I encourage you to pray, you know, in your prayer closet on your own, but we need to pray with others as well. And as we discuss and debrief and process life, then we can turn and and present those requests, right. you know, to God as well. Uh, so, so hopefully you do that. And maybe maybe another even idea is that if you're enjoying this podcast, share it with someone else and listen to it. To and then and then talk about it and and talk about how you know dim witted Pastor Grimm was <laughs> on a particular issue or something and and re rejoice in the fact that we can process things in community. I think it's the same thing when you hear a sermon. You know, it's good to – I encourage several of our small groups to use our sermon discussion guides so that they can process that together, you know, and, and go to the scriptures together and and so forth. So, yeah, uh, you do have those partners with you uh, and those friends that you can uh, do that. And in some ways, maybe even what we're doing here between Thad and I can serve as a little bit of a model for that, a, a very imperfect one, but yeah. as a model no, of, we, of how we, to have conversations. Yeah, we come, you know, we don't take ourselves very seriously, but we do take the word of the Lord very seriously. Right. And this is, these are the things that it encourages, but uh, we want to grow in the riches of, of his grace. And that sometimes includes suffering, doesn't it? It does, and that thanks good transition there today, Thad. We, that's where we're going today, that the Scriptures, as they talk about what life is like and life of faith is like, it is often accompanied with suffering, and that that suffering uh, has purpose. And it isn't necessarily like the suffering of, oh, I just I was building something today and I, and I missed the nail and hit my thumb with a hammer. You know, I don't think that's the kind of suffering that that we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) That's that's part of living in our fallen world, which is related. And we can talk about that relationship of just living in a fallen world where we experience pain and suffering and so forth. But there's a specific type of suffering, I think, that the scriptures are going to be talking about to us today that is, is specifically related to sharing in Christ and in, in his sufferings. So before we do, uh, I just want to open us up in, in prayer before we get in. We're going to be starting in Romans 8 and then moving on from there. So, um, Heavenly Father, we do pray for our time today. We pray for Thad and I as we look at your word, and we pray, Lord, that uh, whenever this podcast is listened to um, by people in various places, we pray for your spirit to be at work, uh, that you would be our counselor and teacher as we uh, present um, your gospel and your truths and your purposes here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we kind of opened up this season of the spiritual formation, talking about the end goal of being conformed to the image of Christ. And we even brought in, I think initially, maybe even that first podcast, we started talking about Romans 8 as being 
uh, one of those kind of key passages as we talk about being conformed to the image of Christ, and um, that from Romans eight twenty eight, we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, into twenty nine, for those He He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, and so. God's plan all along, his, his relational foreknowledge of us and his pre-thought-out desire um, and plan, the predestined, to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so the, that comes in context, that whole passage comes in context of the Spirit helping us in our weakness, and because in, in back in verse 18 of chapter 8, he considers that our present that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us, that glory being the ultimate end of being conformed to the image of his Son. But even that is picking up on language from earlier in Romans 8, where it talks about us having the Spirit, and if the Spirit being a deposit in us, the being an inheritance that we have because we're heirs with Christ, and in order for us to share with Christ, we have to share in his sufferings. Okay, mm, that's weird. And so, yeah. But before I even go there, I want to jump back up all the way to the beginning of eight, which we've talked about before in terms of as as Paul is, is really leading towards his conclusion of argument in terms of justification by faith, which in some ways he gets to even talking about all the way up through chapter eleven as it relates to Jews and Gentiles sharing in this together. Um, is that in eight he says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, and He's been talking about the law and the relationship to the law, which we could do like 30 podcasts on from Romans 7, <laughs> right? But, uh, but the point he's making is that the Spirit has set us free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And so it's the presence of the Spirit and the freedom in the Spirit that, that is leading and fueling this new life, this new creation we have. And so at the beginning part of 8, he's he contrasts the life in the spirit and the life in the flesh, um, saying we're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And here in verse 9, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So now we have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ dwelling in us, and it's it's that that he refers to um, uh, going on in, in kind of verse 13. He says, if you live according to the flesh, you'll die, but it, by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So there's identity that we have as sons of God that we then have an inheritance that he talks about, um, or this, this, they were heirs with Christ in 17. But, but there's this transition in 15 of not having a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, right? Because the law that brings guilt, you know, and fear of condemnation, which we know we no longer have in Christ— but now the Spirit, we're set free from that. We're no longer slaves to fear, but we're adopted as sons, that we can cry, Abba, Father. That sounds good. Yeah, that's great, right? So, so now we're in the family of God. We, we have the Spirit of God who unites us to Christ. The Spirit himself now bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So if we're born again, e- even though we don't necessarily always feel this, we should know and have confidence that we are his sons of God, and and therefore um, we should have this internal witness that we are who God says we are, right? Good. Yeah, well, that sounds good. Yeah. I have no problem with it yeah. so far. 
So then if children, verse 17 says, then heirs, heirs with God and fellow heirs with Christ. Great. I want all the benefits um, with Christ, amen. right? And we've talked about this, that Jesus, who was killed on the cross for our sake, was raised from the grave to resurrection life and is now seated at the right hand of God. And it says, oh, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and you've been raised with Christ by faith, and now you're seated at his right hand. So we're heirs with him, right? But then he says here, provided, provided. Mm. So there's something that goes along with being there's an heir a proviso. There's Uh-oh. a proviso. <laughs> Pro- verse 17, heirs with God and fellowship with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified. Yeah, him. see, I'm not sure I like that anymore. Yeah, and, and wait, but I thought we were saved by grace through faith and there's nothing that we have to do. Why is there provision to this? If, if, if it's, if it's, by faith alone, through Christ alone, you know, by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, what's why is there a proviso, Thad? It, Paul's lost his mind here. Yeah, well, I'm I'm asking myself kind of the same question, and you know, as I read this afresh, and mm-hmm. um, and then I think about some of the um, things that I might hear from a TV evangelist that <laughs> says, you know, come to Christ and everything is going to. You know, if I just have faith, all my you know, all, all my diseases are going to be healed. Gonna, Everything's going right. to be good. I'm going to have a rich bank account. Yeah, they they, you know? they left this part of it out. So they read they read the first half <laughs> of the verse, and we were all in agreement. Right. And now here we are. Now we have to struggle through this um, this text and also the other texts that speak to it because it really speaks to it quite often throughout the New Testament, doesn't it? It does. And I, I think back to our Colossians series real quick. Um, the Colossians, uh, where Paul talks about having to bear in his body the afflictions that are still lacking in Christ. And so it, it, I think it's Colossians 1, verse 24. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. So Paul, the apostle who's writing to the Colossians, now remember, he he had probably never visited the Colossians, right? But he's heard about them, and he's, and he's, and he's in prison. Okay, so he could be referring to his sufferings. He's, you know, he's in prison for the gospel, but he, but he suffered many other things for the gospel. In Corinthians, it talks about him, you know, being beaten within, you know, one lash of of probably his life, and right. being shipwrecked, and all these other things. But he says, "I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions." We're like, "Oh, wait, something is is lacking in Christ's afflictions." Well, no, everything. Christ did on the cross for us was sufficient, but what's lacking in Christ's afflictions is that for the sake of his body, that is the church of which he became a minister, that there's still more to come. There's there's um, still work to be done. There's still the gospel to be preached that, that, that um, the body is not yet complete. The body of Christ is not yet complete, right? And the work experience of sharing in the ministry of the gospel Right is continuing, and that does come with suffering. Right, right. Yeah. And so, if we are heirs with Christ, as Romans is talking about, and we are part of His body, then, then we are to fulfill the purpose and calling of His body, which uh, is not yet done. We're we're in this already not yet world that we talk about here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in this already yet not not yet time, we are awaiting that fullness of that day, and. If we are to follow Christ, what does he tell his disciples? If you're going to come and follow me, what do you do? You have to take up your cross and follow him, which is 
you know, we say that sometimes a little bit flippantly, but that really means to be willing to die on be- right. his behalf. Yeah. Right. Not that we are dying because we are paying the penalty or wages of sin or anything. Cause he's right. taken all of that. Exactly. Right. But he's, he's asked us as his servants to join in with him in the building of the church, which is what our sufferings are about. We're not, like I said, we're not paying for anything, but we are, Sharing in those to um, share his light with the world around us. Yeah, no matter what. Right. That's that becomes the thing because the the proviso is not that that we're earn a merit anything or earn anything through our suffering, but the proviso is is our faith going to hold through whatever comes our way? Mm-hmm. Because again, uh, and we if you want to hear more about, this, go back to our season three on reform theology. You know. Uh, that and are confident that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, that God in his faithfulness will not allow any of his elect to be lost. But how do we know experientially day to day whether we are true to that? And part of it is, is whatever comes our way, do I believe that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is the answer? Um, and so if if life gets difficult, if life gets hard— if people come against me because of my faith in Christ, am I willing to say Jesus alone still? You know, Jesus is the answer still. Yeah. Um, it's interesting and, that you you quoted the Philippians verse there being confident of this very thing that yeah. he who has begun a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Um, and just down two paragraphs uh, from there, and in, in the, in the still in chapter one, it it speaks that we are not that it's not that it's been granted for us on behalf of Christ. This is verse twenty nine of chapter one. Mm-hmm. Not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Yes. So this is part of the divine calling. Right. You know. Yeah. He He saved us. Yeah. I believe in election that I've been called. But guess what? This is a tagline to it, and it's just as important, the suffering for what? Uh, for for Christ's sake. We're, we're suffering on his behalf. Um, but not, again, it, it, we have to really be careful to distinguish the categories, don't we? Because we're not suffering because we're paying for any sin. This isn't like a purgatory type thing right. that we're talking about. This isn't. Um, Christ paid it all, and on the cross he said it was paid in full, but, but there is something um, that moves on. Now, on the other hand, I think of myself, okay, I'm going to change the topic, and maybe this will come up later, I don't know, but and you can bump it along. But I'm, here I am in, in America. I don't really have too much problems in my life or too, many, too much suffering, I mean, and, and too many problems. Right. And I think about the, our brothers and sisters around the world who are really being persecuted on behalf of Christ. Right. So there seems to be an inequality in the amount of suffering that an individual believer from right. one to the other um, takes on. So that doesn't seem, that doesn't even seem fair, and I'm right. and I'm the one that's seems to have the later end of that deal. So <laughs> well, yeah, I I think it was a couple years ago, I, two or three, and it's probably changed now. I don't have the current data, but I don't know if it's Voice of the Martyrs, which is a magazine that talks about the, the missionaries and. Christian workers and, and people around the world, yeah. or even just congregations that that are suffering for Christ. But I think it was something that that number, even though 
at certain times and certain periods of history, we think, oh, they had it worse than we have it now. But but today, I think more people are being martyred or killed for their faith in Christ than ever before. Sure. And part of it's just the numbers and population, but it's also as the church grows and, right. and as the other, as the this present evil age it, it still is coming against the kingdom of God, which is growing. But all to say that what I heard the figure was is that 20 people a day around the world a couple of years ago were die for their faith. Right. Right. You know, and that's being that's killed. Daily. That's, be, that's, and that's being, being killed. killed. Yeah. We're not even talking about just getting I'm not talking about imprisoned or not talking about right. even the persecution of the person who, um, even here in, in as good as we have it here in the United States materially for many, not everyone, but that, uh, there are still people today who, if they take a, the raw, a stand for their faith in work, could lose their job. Uh, you could uh, lose a relationship of a family member. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to um, someone here in our staff who grew up in the Catholic Church, and when they left the church, um, their parents, you know, borderline disowned them. Basically, when they when they decide to leave the Catholic Church, then you're not really a member of our family anymore. Right, right. You know, it's interesting right? also that we might think, well, uh, maybe if I'm uh, a stronger believer from a better proclaimer of the word, that the suffering won't right. be as much for me. But you know, this is the Apostle Paul writing this book from Romans, and when he was first called, you know, to be an apostle of Christ. Ananias is the one that has to go to him. And he, and Jesus says to Ananias, he says, I am going to show Paul all the things that he must suffer for my namesake. That's how he was introduced to his ministry. Yeah. Hey, you're going to come and follow me. You're going to be my ministry, my minister. And here's all the things that you're going to suffer for my sake. And you were talking about the, the 39 lashes. I mean, just a, really interesting. Um, and one of those things that an atheist would say, well, see, this is why God is full of contradictions. Yeah. How could a good God allow that to happen? Right. Uh, how, could, how can a good God send his people out and have them endure this? That, that's emotionally unhealthy. It's psychologically unhealthy. It's just, you know, that, that's cruel. Um, but yet God seems to say there's something formative about that. Now, why do I say that? Well, I want to jump to Romans 5. Because he puts suffering in a context of of this that it actually um, Paul's able to say he rejoices in his suffering because the suffering is actually producing something in him. As he's been talking about justification by faith and that he has peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, um, in verse two of five he says, "Through him we all we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand." So where he's standing in this grace, it's all given by God. Okay, um, it's something good, and that, that we would think even the non-Christians. Well, at this point, okay, we're getting to stand in grace. We're forgiven. That's a good thing, right? Right. Um, he says, and we rejoice into the. He, he obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, he's going to talk that more in Romans eight. You know, not only that, not only the glory of God, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who he has been given to us. And this is what he's going to pick up again on in Romans 8. Okay, 
But here, he starts by saying, we rejoice in sufferings because rejoices produce endurance. And then endurance is going to produce something, mm. and that's hope. And then hope, we have the glory of God. So um, what is this word suffering? So I want to stop here for a minute and just ask what this word suffering is. Uh, and it's the Greek word flipsis, um, which uh, can be translated into um, some people or some translations can, you know, a little bit vary that a little bit. Uh, as, as you look at, I'm just going to have you, because I'm, I'm going to look something else up here, but you you have your uh, your Lagos application out there. Do you have yeah, so, flipsis in front of you? So well, why I, don't you? Well, first of all, is that um, from your Romans five Romans so, five okay because yeah. because it's it's um that's a tribulation word as opposed to the suffering word so all right because suffering is a little bit different different okay. word um so yeah give me one second to go back to that all right we'll clean. some have suffering some have afflictions as a, another translation can be we can rejoice in our afflictions um that that is 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 one of those right, translations right so, so it includes um, affliction distress oppression. So it says trouble and suffering. So yeah, so it includes all of all of it. Seems like it's all of the stuff that's coming from outside upon us. Yes. So I think that's very important to think about that outside, and even that idea of then if it's from the outside, it is oppressive some way uh, upon us. And so now it's not that like let's say getting cancer, you know, isn't. Some people say, well, that's oppressive, but it, but it really is. I mean, that's just the nature of living in a fallen world. I mean, that, and that's something that just happens to us. I mean, I can, I can get the flu, and, but the flu is and, – and I may have to suffer through the flu, but uh, – which is, you know, far less maybe serious depending you know, on – than someone who's dealing with very serious cancer. But it's still um, not this outside oppression that he's talking about here because of the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, as well. And so – the the suffering. So, would you say that it would be stuff uh, or things that take place, like um, where Jesus says that if the world hated me, it's also going to hate you? Right. Yeah, I think that it's related to that. Uh, that so it, there is something related also even to, to persecution that that is there uh, that can be brought on by this uh, that. I'm going to just read from John Stott's Romans commentary here. This is from um, his commentary on verses 3 to 8 of of Romans 5, talking about Philipsis. Philipsis, the sufferings in mind are usually translated tribulations. These are not what we sometimes call the trials and tribulations of our earthly existence, meaning our aches and pains, fears and frustrations, deprivations and disappointments, but rather Philipsis, literally... Uh, pressures, referring in particular to the opposition and persecution of a hostile world. Philipsis was almost a technical term for the suffering which God's people must expect in the last days before the end. So Jesus warned his disciples that in this world they would have trouble, and Paul similarly warned his converts that they must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So that idea of this external pressure this opposition that comes specifically as a result of being a follower of Christ, specifically as a, uh, as a result of having faith in the gospel of the King Jesus as, as the, 
the ruler of the world as opposed to anything else, right? So it makes me think back to your thing, okay, this is a good thing that we have faith, but yet the very thing that is good, that is gracious and gives us this inheritance is also the very thing that is then producing this in us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. So we have to ask then, according to Romans 5, what is it producing? It's producing endurance. Well, endurance is one of those evidences of the faith that we have, right? We believe in the um, perseverance of the saints, which in perseverance is is that endurance. And so um, suff- this suffering for the sake of the gospel, for the name of Christ, for Christ himself, is revealing and and showing in us this endurance which then produces hope. So um, let's let's relate this a little bit to another area of life or um, maybe in our in our physical life. What is when is endurance needed for other things? Uh, well we can just talk about maybe in sports. Sure. That's yeah. a that's a common one. Right. right. If we haven't practiced I don't think any of us likes to um run sprints to get yeah. our lung capacity up, our heart you right. know, stronger and stuff like that. But we sure do appreciate it when it comes time for the game. Yeah. So you were, you were, you were a football player or running back. You, you also said, talk, have talked about you ran back kick returns. I did. <laughs> Things like that, you know? So, so if you, if you weren't in good shape and you found a hole and you broke through, cause you're probably catching the ball somewhere between the 15 yard line and the end zone. Right. <laughs> You got a hundred yards to run. You know, you find a hole, and you did. You, did you run, run one back for a, a touchdown? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> I did get snagged at the six yard line, but it wasn't because <laughs> it wasn't because I hadn't worked hard. Yeah. It was uh, just because the guy had a better angle. But anyway, <laughs> the point is well taken. Yeah, but yeah, there's something about being able to go the distance. You know, and, and in our life, we've got to be able to go the distance, and things are going to happen. Um, and it's not just that I get tired and weary because my body breaks down or things, but but it is in those. But as life comes on, what are when people come say, "Yeah, but why are you living that way?" Um, you know, wouldn't it be better if you just didn't go to church on Sunday? Wouldn't it be better if you didn't serve the Lord? If you if you didn't go out and pass those Bibles out as a Gideon and have people you know ridicule you, you know. Have been there? Have there been times you've wanted to give up? You know, in uh, yeah. your faith. Well, I, well, never in my faith that I can think of. But there's been times that I've I've gotten lazy and have taken shortcuts to to say I don't need to do this today. I never feel, really feel good about myself after doing that. Um, as opposed to the times that I have endured and have made an effort to go hand out the the scriptures, for example, with right. the Gideons at, at the fairgrounds, and have had a chance to. Um, have meaningful conversation about the Lord with somebody that had just been thinking about it, for example, on that day. Um, uh, Relatively speaking, I mean, we've got people in the church, um, Tom and and Annie Lampert, that are really strong, you know, at uh, sharing their testimony and and, and handing that out. So, and 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 Annie's testimony just as of a couple weeks ago, she was under persecution big time by somebody that was um, yelling pretty much at the top of their lungs at her. Um, And there's a lot of details that I won't go into now, but Annie just um, held her 
demeanor, her composure. She prayed for the person. She smiled at them, never got angry back. So she uh, represented Christ very well in that moment under a pretty heavy persecution. There were actually right. pe- some people had to come over and, and help with the situation. And, um, you know, we don't know what that testimony has done to the person um, that was that was doing that. The person definitely received a gospel message. The rest is left up to the Holy Spirit, right? right? But the fact that Annie went through that and was able to um, come back with a, a testimony of something quite um, endearing for the rest of the, the, the brother Gideons and sisters that, mm-hmm. that um, had heard the story has encouraged just all the more, encourages us all the more to say Christ is worthy of this. Right. You know, and, and we know the same thing. If just going back to the, um, uh, the athletic um, example, when, when we are stronger um, or have more endurance that, that has been built up because we have gone through the hard times at the end of the game, uh, we shine better, you know, in athletics. So the parallel runs pretty, pretty strong both ways through. Yeah, and, and and as as we do that, it it strengthens our faith. And here it talks about uh, it produces the, that endurance produces character, you know. And so character there, talking about there there's something being formed in us, you know, that is stronger now. That that our character is, um, you know, who we are and how we live. Be, becomes really important there, and so the uh, I think the word there in, in the Greek is the word um, dokume, um, which you know gets translated character, but it's the but it is something that we learn together through the genuineness of something by examination and testing, uh, often through use, and so this um, the. I think it's a, a maybe a proven character. Sometimes the translation is there, but what what is it that is? You know, when we think of character, we I, I think of things like integrity, or we think about like the fruits of the spirit, you know, being exhibited in us. But it is a, a quality of something that is unseen. I mean, I can't look at you at, at someone's physical appearance and know whether they have good character. Well, right. Not, I right? mean, if just for example, if I was the one that would have been handing out the the Gideon testimony that day. And had been verbally attacked by that person, I very likely would have tucked tail and 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 turned and, and gone about finding somebody else to speak to. But Annie, in this example, <laughs> she was found worthy, right? She stood the test and was able to really actually suffer um, in a in a momentary lapse, even if it wasn't as physical. But that is, you do come under distress when when people are yelling at you and whatnot, right? And so she did. She 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 proved herself worthy in that moment. Yeah, to, to be in the, exactly you know, to to be um, standing strong in the testimony of Christ. Yeah, and so what is the the quality of us in this spiritual formation that there is becomes a quality within us that we're then able to pass the tests, which she like she passed in that situation, you know, or it went back to the to the athletic example is that where it produces in us the ability to pass the test of being able to, um, 
you know, fight through the tackle, you know, to get to, to get to the first down marker or, you know, to, to do whatever we need to do. And so that is something that is actually happening in the new man, you know, as, mm-hmm. and as we, as we, uh, to use the Hebrews 12 example, which interesting Hebrews 12, one follows this whole list of people who had to endure suffering and they, they were, they didn't get to experience the fullness of, of what they were hoping for in their faith, but they were, but they still believed it and were waiting for it that day. But as they waited for that day, they had to endure all these things. Right. Right. But it says for us who have those great cloud of witnesses who've gone before us, it says then that we have to throw away all those things that entangle us, throw away all those things that, that bring us down. Right. To, to live forward and to look to, to look to Christ. And so as we do that, we're diminishing or throwing away the things of the old life, the old man, the sin nature, the flesh, and we're putting on the new things that they are actually, we are actually putting them on. They, they are actually forming in us this character, right? And then that character, it says, produces hope. So, um, but now my, my hope is in Christ, my hope is is in what he did. My hope is what he's ultimately going to do. But yet, somehow, my character is related to this hope. And so, how does that how does that work itself out? How how is this character in some ways producing hope when the hope is in still way some ways I think of hope being external to me, <laughs> right? Yeah. But yet, it is something that character the character is is producing. So. What do you think's happening there? Well, I'm not sure if this is the road that you're going down, but I was thinking about another aspect of our suffering, and it has to do with being refined as by fire. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we go through a trial, and when we've come out on the other side of that trial, we have grown because of that process. Um, one, just by going through it, we understand that we're able to go through it. Hey, I've been through this. Now we're able to, to do it the next time. But in a purifying sense, um, to be more like Christ, the sanctification process, um, often the idea of gold going through the fire, right. um, you know, gold has impurities in it. And so they boil it down or they melt it down and the impurities rise to the top and they, they skim off those impurities. And now we've the gold has become even more pure, right? right? So you get the 20 carat or whatever right. the aspect is. And that's how I see um, our life sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to be pure gold. I'm never going to be pure Christ, but I have been refined. I am being sanctified. I am I am taking those steps as um, by the power of the Spirit in my life to... Um, and the, these are things that are this growing process that doesn't happen without the trial. Exactly. Yeah, and so, and as as we come through those trials, when the next thing comes along, we we enter that thing with even more hope than we had the first time. Right. You know. So uh, think about just an, an academic process to go to another analogy. Uh, if if you're learning math, you know, and you take a test, and you're like, oh, I passed that test, and and I come the next one comes along, and then. Okay, maybe there's some new information. Maybe it even starts to get more difficult. You move from algebra one to algebra two. 
you know, and you're like, okay, now I'm starting Algebra 3. Well, gosh, this is harder stuff. Mm-hmm. And you start getting into, I'm trying to remember what they are. You start getting into like trigonometry, trigonometry you know, all those you know, calculus, all the different formulas. Yeah. All the stuff like, that I had to endure. Yeah. And I, I, I endured a little bit of that for a while myself, you know, but I'm like, gosh, this is pretty, but, but wait, if I look back, I'm like, you know, that analytic geometry that I did, you know, with all those parabolas and all this, that was hard. Mm-hmm. I got through that. Why can't I now learn about derivatives and, and things like that in calculus? Well, I can. Um, it, it should give me hope that the next thing that comes along is the same thing with life. And it's not necessarily that I can do this because of my own intelligence and bootstraps and stuff, but the grace of God helped me through, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Uh, and the gospel itself helps me through that. If if I hold to this and I believe that Jesus is raised from the dead and the same spirit that raised him from the dead is is, is, is present in me, then I go through this. So, so that which started with the faith into the grace in which we stand is now, um, even though I'm going through sufferings, that the, that same grace has brought endurance or perseverance in me, and that same grace is producing character in me, which is producing hope in me, so that... I'm not put to shame because God's love, which is the starting point of his grace, has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, uh, which, he, which he's saying here in 5, which brings us back to Romans 8, that it's that same spirit that is present in me that is in the inheritance that is, that is then producing in me all these things. So, so when and he can say, provided that I suffer with him in order that we be glorified in him. Mm-hmm. He's really reflecting, I think, some ways back what he just walked us through here in five, but he's doing it all looking to the future because the rest of, of, of a lot of the rest of eight is, is living in light of the future. And so why is then that suffering so important? Because as we've talked about on this podcast before, we live an eschatological life. Yeah, right. We live uh, our life of faith is a life that, and when I use the word eschatological, it's looking to the future. That we always have a future orientation to what we're doing. And so, if we really believe the gospel, that's why there's always a gospel test to this, and that's why suffering becomes an important part of this. The gospel test is: Do I believe that the most important thing in all of life is that Jesus overcame? Mm. Do I believe that Jesus is the overcomer? To put it in, in Hebrews 12 language, do I believe that Jesus is the champion of our faith, our founder and perfecter of our faith? So I'm going to jump and read, as I've referenced Hebrews 12, 1. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those witnesses who have gone through suffering, who many of them who have been martyred for their faith, that did endure chains and persecution and suffering and flogging, imprisonment, um, some of them even killed by the sword, it says in Romans, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews eleven thirty seven. okay? So these are the great cloud of witnesses who go before us. We look ahead to Revelation, which is actually, I think, describing the present reality of those who are before the throne worshiping God, but also with them are the martyrs, the witnesses who are lying right, right around the throne, who've endured all this for the, the sake of the gospel. It says, those cloud of witnesses, says, since we're surrounded by those kind of people, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which sings which clings so closely. So let us lay aside the old man who was stuck in sin and his habits and his ways, and let us run with endurance. Oh, there's that word endurance, which we looked at in in Romans 5. The race that is set before us. How do we do that? 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the the cross, despised its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So as I look at my own suffering, I say, oh, this one who I look to, he endured that too. You know, so a teacher is not greater than his master. The same God, back to your original complaint that the atheist throws, how can God let you do this, mm-hmm. go through this? Because God himself did this. God himself in the second person of the Trinity came, and he endured all these things even worse on our behalf. And so we look to him, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So if, if he is my hope, then as I go through whatever I go through, the test of the gospel is always, do you still believe today that he is that author, that, that founder, that perfecter of the faith? And do I believe what he accomplished is sufficient for whatever he's asking me to go through? And, and so as I live that eschatological life, as I live that life of futures, looking to that day where all this is finally and fully going to be done, and the first fruits of that being my new life and the Holy Spirit who's given me this new creation, this, re- this first resurrection, as I look forward to that second resurrection, that when I get by the fullness of, my, of that full spiritual body living in the new heavens and the new earth, am I willing to hold to that hope that it's real and nothing will get in the way of it. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. You know, the other aspect, as you were just stating that, that came into my mind, um, is that I forget about my own nature, my own human nature. Mm. Right. And that if, if things are going really well, if I'm not receiving some tribulation and persecution from outside, I can get real complacent and not even be thinking about God because everything is, Everything is good. I mean, all is well, right? But when these things come in, my focus um, and attention turns towards the the one who has mercy upon me, right? right? And who has graced and lavish grace upon me, you know, and all of this uh, things that, and that's why I have hope. This is where where the hope comes from, right? Because the hope is that this isn't going to be like this forever, right? And that's why Paul says that, you know, all of these things aren't even worthy of noting, these sufferings that I have in this present time because of, of the hope that's to come. Yeah. And, and if, if I spend so much of my life insulating myself from the world that is going to come against me, I'm not saying going out and just dive into the world and participate in it in its ways, but no, I go out into the world that is going to come against me, those world systems, those beliefs against this. And so if I'm so if I so insulate my life that I'm not experiencing any of that, then I gotta then I gotta ask myself, do I really believe in the hope of the gospel? Because if I really believe in it, then I'm gonna hopefully be engaging with those who need to hear about it. And I mean I'm gonna need to be taking stands in a world that um is against these the things that I take stands for. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll write something on Facebook. I'm not on there a lot, but I'll do something. I'll, I'll send out, you know, that kind of thing. But that in and of itself isn't always true engagement because, you know, we were talking about this with Pastor LaFontaine before our podcast right. about technology and how something distorts reality, that uh, I really need to be in real relationships with people, um, f- embodied relationships with people, not just 
spouting stuff out there. Even I think that's even one of the dangers of this podcast at times, like for us, is we can speak into a microphone and, ha- and put it out there. But and that's why I like doing it together. But even so, we need to be... It, I need to get out from behind the microphone and into the world as well. It's the same thing, you know, standing before a class or standing in a pulpit at times that, you know, in ministry, I can insulate myself from others. Right. You have to be purposeful in what you do. And in fact, and you have been, I mean, how many times have you been downtown Brighton handing out testaments or, or just starting conversations with people and and having the booth at, at events that are, you know, you know, serving food and everybody's um, having a good time. And you could be doing that too, but you, you, you are in fact, you know, giving of yourself to proclaim the gospel of Christ and, and, and stuff. So, but I would, I want to do it more. We've talked about a team of people and going out and doing this more. We, we, we need to encourage each other more, not, not because we want to suffer for the sake of suffering, but we want to, we want to say, we want to remind ourselves what we really believe. Right. And part of that going out there and sharing with others is is a reminder to us of what I really believe and how important it is. And then um, and sharing that hope that if I have this hope inside, I should share it with others. You know, if if I knew, you know, we you hear this example all the time. If we had a cure for cancer, wouldn't we be out there sharing it with others? <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Uh, if I if I knew the answer to uh, you know, if 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 we developed a new engine that could run efficiently and su- sufficiently on solar power, don't you think we'd be out there telling other people about it? Yes. <laughs> There's so many things that, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, but, it's, but, it's good. But, and, but we have that in the gospel. Um, but I want to insulate myself at times because I, I'm really aware that if I really go out there boldly, I'm, I'm going to be laughed at and mocked. Right. right? Well, what we're doing in, in sharing this truth, and um, which is our commission, is to make disciples of nations, right? And what we do with inside the four walls here is the um, the edification of believers to um, to help uh, people understand stand the scriptures and, and and provide you know further hope and strengthening for that hope in which they believe. Um, but it's interesting in first or this is actually in Second Corinthians. Um, so Second Corinthians in chapter one, um, in verses seven, it's interesting. He says. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. There's the hope, mm-hmm. right? So as we, as we talk to people and we're, um, we're sharing the grace of, of Christ with them and, and the hope of Christ, salvation in Christ, um, knowing that if they partake, they're going to suffer tribulations. You know, this is, again, we don't, we don't market God this way very often, but the idea is, yeah, come take up your cross daily because at at the end there's this consolation, which surpasses all of it. Right. And so uh, many of us have passions of certain kind, things uh, within the world that we care about. You know, within our congregation, we have a large number of people who are passionate about the issue of abortion and, and trying to, um, they're pro-life, which I am as well, and, and grateful for. And we want to go out and take stands for that. 
which is a good thing. Right. Um, and for some of it might be sex trafficking or other justice issues. It, it could be poverty. It could be um, lack of food. It could be a lot of different things. And which I would say, go out there and pursue that and do it. I mean, get involved. If that's your passion, go out and get involved. But as you do, don't be doing it just for the sake of the issue. Always do it but for the sake of Christ. The, the reason that I believe in this is because I believe that Jesus wants a, a transformed world. Right, right. right. And so uh, if I'm ever taking a stand for something uh, and I'm not, and uh, the only persecution, the only thing I'm coming to is the issue itself, um, then I think in some ways I'm not bearing witness as I should. Right. No. And we should always be doing it because of Christ. And people should know the reason I'm taking a stand like this is because of my of, of, of the risen Jesus. Right. Right. Uh, absolutely. Three of the primary um, groups or organizations that I uh, financially support are Pregnancy Helpline, mm-hmm. the Gideons, of course, and Voice of the Martyrs. Hmm. We've talked about all three of them so That's far on this podcast. Um, and why is that? Because all three are based in providing not only support for the organization that's a good organization but it's sharing the gospel right with with people with the lost world which is what you said this is the root of everything that we do exactly and so uh it doesn't have to be any of those three there's lots of other opportunities but there whatever you do when you're a believer um right. Even if it's uh, the Bible, Jesus says it right. If in, in the offering of the cup of cold water, make sure it's done in my name. Yeah. Um, because if Christ isn't behind the motivations of what we do, um, it's lacking an important ingredient. Exactly. And so we should always seek to be able to make that connection between the affliction or suffering or persecution and the comfort that comes with it because they're in and with the comfort as to use the ESV's translation in in 2 Corinthians 1 what was the the, the, the King James had uh, the new King James here was yeah. the um partakers consolation of uh, or, yeah part, oh partake of the consolation yeah, yeah. uh that that it, which is tied to that hope right it, it's tied to the what we have and so if I ask, am I am I enduring this for the gospel? Uh, am I am I being whatever my affliction is, whatever my suffering is, um, that uh, I'm doing? Ultimately, I'm doing what is right because I because God has called me to this in Christ, uh, and I, I think that that because that ties us back into the the inheritance that we have that Romans is talking about. What that that provided we suffer with Him. Um, and so if I'm suffering for something that may be a good thing, but I don't understand its connection to Christ and his death and his resurrection um, and his ascension as to the place of rule over all things, if I, if I don't have that, then I don't know that I'm really going to be comforted in, in suffering for what I'm suffering for. Right. You know, and right. so that consolation is the consolation is always Jesus, and so um, and also we can't force the issue. We um, we can't benefit by by beating ourselves, right? We flog ourselves like we talked about before, yeah. or going to seek to be martyred, or um, uh, because all that's going to do is 
focus on ourselves. Right. Right. The focus, yeah. the focus has got to be Christ. It does. Right. And as, as more and more I see that as my goal and my focus being on the goal, then I will actually, the real true me that I was originally created to be and then recreated in Christ to be, I'll actually find that person. <laughs> the new Matt, the new Thad, that new man will actually be more revealed as I find him in Christ. And it's not that I'm losing myself in him in the sense that I'm not a real person or have a real identity. It's that I'll understand more truly what that identity was meant to be mm-hmm. and is meant to be and will one day, you know, fully and finally be. Right. And so um, so I, I hope this is encouraging for you. We might, I don't know. We might even spend another podcast I think talking. we should. I think there's plenty there, here. There's plenty more to do. But, but I really like the, that you brought in that Corinthians passage because I think there is something really resonated with me even as we were talking right now that this whole idea of this consolation, this comfort as it's tied to our hope that – Gosh, if I'm if I'm finding that anywhere else but in Christ, then I'm probably even suffering for the wrong reasons. Right, right. right. So yeah. the homework for the people that are listening is Romans, First and Second Corinthians, <laughs> Colossians, and Philippians. It's not a lot. We also yeah. talked about Revelation yeah. and Hebrews and right. Hebrews. <laughs> well, we may well we, we may even get into Timothy too because he charges Timothy with these very things. Paul is he's entrusting the ministry and encouragement. Of you know one of his successors, you know Timothy in, in Ephesus, he, he he talks about the same thing to him in there too. So that could be another place. <laughs> There's plenty of places, uh, but yeah, I think we do need to keep going with this and, and talk about this and and maybe even um, you know maybe homework for you and I is even to be thinking about okay, what are some what are those situations in us where we've seen this in the past and 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 God brought us through something for the sake of the gospel and it's and we're you know, uh, we're strengthened because of it. Okay. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. I can tell you it wasn't when I fell short of the, of the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But even in those times we get tackled, we can learn, we can learn. The first thing I see when right. I stood up off the ground was the, the cross that I, I had written in permanent marker on my toe. Yeah. You know, so that was always the, the first yeah. focus case, you know, it's, it's gotta be to the glory of God and, and him alone. And, uh, the rest was, just meant to be fun and athletics you know so yeah so good and uh, i appreciate you leading us through this today yeah yeah looking forward to having you back with us next time next time we'll continue our discussion on the necessity and benefits of suffering and how this glorifies god Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.